0: What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna.
1: I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murders. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Murders, and this is actually a bonus episode that's going out to everybody where we are giving you a sneak peek of our new show that's going to be coming up in January called Unsolved Mayhem. So whether or not there will actually be murder in this episode, I don't know. But um it will be an unsolved case of some kind. Basically, on that show, we're gonna be covering unsolved mysteries uh, who knows it might be murder might be missing it might be an alien abduction who knows
0: or if so, bobby gets his way a bank robbery
1: yes i i would like to do a bank robbery case i think it'd be great so um before we get into the actual episode a uh, little bit of business if i didn't already say that we have two other shows well we have yeah Two other shows. The one you're listening to right now, Speaking of Murders, and uh, our other show, Speaking of Missing Persons. So make sure you're checking out Speaking of Missing Persons if you haven't already. If you like the Speaking of Murders show, you'll probably like that show too. If you want to see photos with today's case, check our social media. That's all linked in the show notes. We'll be posting pictures from today's episode there. We've got a Patreon where we're posting bonus episodes every other week. Um, And if you subscribe... You'll get a shout-out on the show, and you'll get access to all those bonus episodes, so make sure you're going there and checking that out, and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating wherever you're listening, whatever app you're on. Do that. Leave a comment. Share it with your friends, your family, whoever, and I guess all of that stuff said, Sarah, give us a bonus episode.
0: All right. So, it's Halloween. Yay. We're, We're into spooky season. But this case doesn't take place... Around Halloween, but it inspired a very scary movie. Oh, boy. So let's... Well, people think it did. Texas Chainsaw Massacre?
1: A Quiet Place?
0: I'm not answering your questions. Strangers? The Strangers? I'm not answering your (laughs) questions! The Void.
1: I'm not answering your questions.
0: (laughs) Okay, moving on. Alien. This is like... The stuff nightmares are made of. Well, I mean, if it's... Predator. Nightmares.
1: It,
2: if it has, like, you know, created a scary
1: movie from it. It's probably Nightmare on M Street. I feel like that was, that was just that a little was hint. That
0: ba- was, like, based on a true story?
1: No. This true story?
0: No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really hope Nightmare He's on like, Elm I got Street it. wasn't based on a true Nailed story. It. it was not. It was yeah. based on actual nightmares. Mark yes. that one
1: down. Count it. I got it.
0: No, you didn't. <laughs> if I, you know, I could give it away, but I'm not going to. We're going to see how long it takes Samantha to figure it out. Oh, I'm going to get it. So this case takes place in Southside, Chicago mm. on April 22nd. 1987. Okay. But first, we're going to go back a little bit to 1983, the year I was born. Ruthie Mae McCoy was 49. She was battling with mental illness that had started in her 20s. No one really knew what her condition was at this time, just that she would talk to herself and suddenly curse out strangers as she walked by them on the street. Ruthie had grown up in the south side of Chicago and in 1983 had moved into an apartment in the ABLA projects. Okay. This was a scary place on its own, but to be there and be suffering from a mental illness made it even more scary. There were... Seven 15-story brown Y-shaped apartment buildings, and they were collectively called Grace Abbott Homes. All right. They featured dark elevators that would malfunction, pitch black stairwells, and drug addicts on almost every floor. Sounds like a fun place to be. Living here had to be rough on Ruthie, who was suffering from paranoia and was afraid of most things in life. She lived at the end of the corridor on the 11th floor of 1440 West 13th Street in apartment 1109. What an awful apartment, like, placement for someone with paranoia. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the projects. No,
1: if I I suffer from paranoia, I would want to be at the end of the hallway because I only have to worry about one direction.
0: Yeah, well, here, here's the problem. I have paranoia, and as you were walking down it, you would definitely be thinking someone was behind you the entire time. True. I
1: don't know. I would just be thinking of, like, is this defensible? Can I defend this place? And it's a lot easier if it's a bottleneck, if it's all funneled to one singular place. You know what I'm saying?
0: I'd rather be at the beginning. Same, because less chance of following. right, I don't know. I don't know what's worse there. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) They have have pros and cons. I mean, with paranoia, your brain convinces you of all sorts of things, so. All right, well, by 1987, after being institutionalized several times, Ruthie was diagnosed with residual-type schizophrenia. So this happens when someone has had schizophrenic episodes in the past, but is no longer exhibiting symptoms. Okay. Okay. Battling her mental illness was hard, and it kept her from being able to keep a job. In September of 1986, while in the hospital, one of the staff helped Ruthie get approved for SSI, which is Supplemental Security Income. This would raise her monthly income from $154 a month to $340 a month. A month? Yeah. How is she living on that? That's why she's living in the projects. And it's also the 80s. It is the 80s. When she received her first check in April of 1987, it would be for $2,000 because they paid... Her retroactively from when she filed. So, this is like the most money she had seen ever had at one time. She used some of that money to buy a coat, a small amount of clothes, and a few household items. The rest of the money she was going to use to move out of the projects. Good for her. That brings us back to April 22nd, 1987, when the Chicago PD received a 911 call. At 8.45 p.m., that went like this. Okay, so Ruthie says, I'm a resident at 1440 West 13th Street, apartment 1109, and some people next door are totally tearing this down, you know? Ruthie, she is like frantically saying this to the dispatcher. The dispatcher says, what are they doing, ma'am? And Ruthie responds, I cannot be made out. Well, yeah, she's like, I can't be made out on the recording, but the dispatcher must have kind of understood what she was trying to say. Like, I don't know. It was like a weird situation. Like, she was so frantic. And the dispatcher then asks her, like, they want to break it. What are they trying to break? And Ruthie says... Yeah, they throwed the cabinet down, okay? Then the dispatcher says, from where? And Ruthie responds, I'm in the projects. I'm on the other side. You can reach, can reach my bathroom. They want to come through the bathroom. And the dispatcher says, all right, ma'am, at what address? Ruthie repeats the address and adds that the elevator was working at that time. The dispatcher, like, goes 1109, like, questioning her, and then says, okay, what's your name again? She responds, tells her Ruth McCoy. The dispatcher's like, all right, I'll send the police. The problem is, is the dispatcher reported it as a disturbance with a neighbor and not a burglary. So it wasn't, like taken as seriously like top priority yeah so at 902 p.m a neighbor walking through the hall heard gunshots coming from ruthie's apartment so she called nine one one and reported it at 904 they received another call from a different neighbor that heard gunshots and shouting coming from ruthie's apartment so two more police cars head to the scene so at this point there are four officers that arrive at 9 10 okay so it doesn't take them very long to get there no they bang on the door announce their presence they call out to ruthie they get no answer they asked the dispatcher to call her phone okay the officer that's on the phone with the dispatcher tell like it's recorded him saying we believe somebody is in there holding her Holding someone captive, and they can hear the phone ringing, and no one answering it. To two of the officers that were waiting downstairs, were like, "Well, we'll go to the management office and get a key." Okay. Okay. And they also are like talking to whatever neighbors are around. Like they f- figure out that the apartment next door was vacant. And nobody lived across the hall, but she had neighbors, other neighbors in the hall. It was just the one across from her and the one next to her were empty. Okay. Some people heard the gunshots that were living around her. Some people didn't. I mean, who knows if they did or didn't, and they just didn't want to be involved. Right. Right. Other neighbors told police that an elderly woman lived there, and she always answered the door. This made the officer on the phone with the dispatch question what they should do. Okay, they got there at 910. At 948, they left the building because the janitor didn't have a key to Ruthie's apartment. Seriously? Why wouldn't you just break in the door? Like, go in. The next dispatcher just go, hey, I want to do a well check. So they could. The next morning, Ruthie's neighbor got really worried because Ruthie always stopped by her apartment every morning and evening. So she was like, something is wrong and reported to the police like she hasn't come out of her apartment. Right. So at this point... Six officers and four to five Chicago security guards, don't know why, couldn't find a reason why security guards were involved, but they showed up. The officers wanted to go in. They wanted to bust down the door. But these security guards were like, no, don't do it. You're going to get sued. Seriously? Yeah. They're the police department. Yeah. Well,
2: that's their job.
0: They pretty much told these officers, like, if you go in, if you break the door down and she's fine, she can sue you. So So they left. They, it literally said in almost all the articles I saw that the, some of the officers just shrugged their shoulders and left. They were just like, okay. So at 1 p.m. the next day, when the neighbor is still like, hey. She's not fucking coming out of her apartment. She's not fucking coming out of her apartment. She's like, pretty much, forget about the fucking police. They're not doing anything. So she calls the apartment's office and has the manager come with a carpenter, and they drill through the lock on Ruthie's door. Which isn't illegal. Well, they found Ruthie laying on her side with a hand over her chest.
1: Like she had a heart attack or something?
0: She had one shoe on and one off. Papers, magazines, and coins were thrown all around her on the ground. She had been shot four times. Oh. Once in the left shoulder. The second time was in the left thigh. The third bullet entered the right side of her abdomen pierced her liver and exited through the left side. Oh, boy. The fourth and fatal shot entered her right arm, went into her chest, and severed her pulmonary vein. Oh, damn. Her cause of death was internal bleeding. So if they would have just broken right then? Well, the coroner said he didn't know if she would have made it even if the room. would have got into the room. Or her apartment. Unfortunately, this case was, like, not taken very seriously because she's a mentally ill black woman living in the projects of Chicago. So it did not get very much media coverage. It was only in, like, it had one big article about it in the Chicago Tribune, But only because they broke into her apartment through the medicine cabinet. They came through her medicine cabinet because the medicine cabinets were attached. I know they do that a lot in apartments, especially like older apartments.
1: So wait, there was literally just a hole through the wall and on one side's a medicine cabinet and on the other side's a medicine cabinet, so you can pull yours out and push theirs out and just straight through?
0: Yep. Um... That, that actually happened recently. That doesn't seem safe. It's not safe. I've and seen yes, videos of it, like people yeah. in
2: apartments like figuring that out and like
0: Yeah, well that's like, exactly no. what happened to Ruthie. The apartment that was empty, they whoever it was pulled the medicine cabinet out of that and pushed hers out and came into her apartment and killed her. Now, cops believe it was because some. that they saw her bringing in this new stuff and assumed that she had money. Money.
1: So it was probably someone in the building then.
0: Yeah. But this case is completely still unsolved.
2: So they found like no fingerprints, like nothing. No. To try to track somebody?
0: At first. People were like, holy shit, you're breaking into apartments through the freaking bathroom mirror? That's insane. That is insane. Yeah, I it been... shouldn't be a yeah. thing. I would have been petrified after that, living in that apartment building. Yeah, well, apparently that apartment building had been dealing with that happening in their apartment complex for over a year before... McCoy, Ruthie got murdered. Seriously? fucked up. But she was the first one that got murdered as far as I know. Oh, so that's when we take it somewhat kind of not really serious. Cool. They did at some point arrest two men and charge them with breaking in and burglary and murder, but they were found not guilty. There wasn't enough evidence to prove it.
1: Yeah, without any fingerprints or a gun to match the bullets or uh, anything like that there's really not much they can do
0: no and perhaps the case of ruthie Mae mccoy would have been forgotten forever but a certain movie that hit the theaters not too long after this kind of brought it to light
1: poltergeist no
0: What is the movie that Samantha is the most afraid of? Don't you dare,
2: because I swear to God. Don't you dare, because that was my immediate thought whenever you fucking said medicine cabinet. And I swear to God, if you say it on the air, (laughs) I'm going to murder you.
1: Cujo.
0: Candyman. Oh, my God, I fucking hate you. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Shauna got it. I hate you. I hate you both. So much. Well, you weren't gonna say it, and I didn't. I definitely wasn't gonna gonna say it. it.
1: No, I knew what it was. I just wasn't gonna say it. Oh well.
2: As soon as Sarah said said "medicine cabinet," I was like, "Son of a bitch."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the movie in question that Smith is very afraid of the name of involved bathroom mirrors and medicine cabinets and. The main character even bore the McCoy surname, and it happened. It, the movie takes place pretty much in that same area. Yeah, I know. Thank you. You're welcome.
2: Anybody wondering, I understand that that movie is not really scary. It is just PTSD response, trauma response <laughs> from our mother as a
0: child. It doesn't help that right now we're currently sitting in almost (laughs) complete darkness while I'm telling this story. Our mother used to treat it...
2: Bobby just realized it was dark in the room. Used to treat that movie (laughs) like Bloody Mary and would turn all the lights out in the house and she had the fucking home interior fucking mirrors all over the house (laughs) and she would just say his name on repeat...
0: Uh, I had to. We had to. We only said it one time. Yeah, I know, and I swear to God,
2: you better not say it two more times.
0: Well, just so you know, that's the story of Ruthie Mae McCoy, and her case is still unsolved. And I don't, I could find no information saying that they were even trying to solve it. It's pretty much like they brushed it under the rug and were like, meh, poor Ruthie. Which is so fucking sad. In like, the 80s. Like, that's so sad. Like, that poor
2: woman was just minding her damn yeah. business in her apartment, living her life.
0: Yeah. It 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 sucks, too, because, I mean, could you imagine having paranoia and then actually... And then people yeah. coming through your medicine cabinet on you? Oh, I yeah. said. It's like the stuff of fucking nightmares. Horrifying. I mean... Wait, it,
2: having the schizophrenia, like the mental illness and paranoia, yeah, that would, like... I feel like she was thinking she was having hallucinations at first or something. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm sure she sat there for at least a good 10-15 seconds trying to talk herself out of thinking what she was thinking. Right. And I do know that they think it was more than one person that came through. That's why they went after, like, the two dudes. Well, because in her call, she said they. Yeah, because she kept saying they. Which is ridiculous. Poor Ruthie, like yeah, that that effing sucks. Well, that's my kind of October story, as a bonus episode. All right, some unsolved mayhem for you.
1: There you go. So, if you enjoyed the episode, let us know. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars. Share it with your friends, your family, whoever. The new show um is going to be starting after the first of the year, so keep an eye out for that. And uh does anyone have any final thoughts? No. No. All right.
0: Don't show your kids scary movies when they're not old enough to watch scary movies and then not expect them to have PTSD. Yeah,
2: when they're grown adults. Because PSA. Then you because you traumatize them with that scary movie also.
0: Oh, okay, coming <laughs> from the two older sisters of mine that would sneak me into R-rated scary movie hey, films just to torture my ass. Thank is, you.
2: The thing is, his mom wasn't doing it to you, so we had to do it.
0: Okay. Exactly. Somebody had to step
2: in. If Wow.
0: Mom, if <laughs> mom wouldn't have done it to us, we may have never done it to you. Yeah, exactly. It's all mom's
1: fault. <laughs> all right, and we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye,
0: boy, 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 boy. bye,
1: bye, bye. Bye.